and welcome to the first episode of the Fountain Court podcast. Each month, we'll be exploring key trends and issues across the practice areas in which our barristers specialise. I'm Gillian Hughes, a barrister at Fountain Court Chambers. I recently spoke to our three newest tenants about their experience of pupillage. They very kindly shared with me what motivated them to become barristers, why they chose Fountain Court, some of the highlights of their pupillage, and what advice they would give to anyone considering a career at the bar. I was joined by Marcus Field, Natalie Coe and Arrestus Sherman, who have all recently completed their 12-month pupillage and were made tenants in October. The episode was recorded the week before they officially became tenants. It's an exciting time for them as they begin to build their own practices and take on cases of their own, particularly in the current circumstances, as it comes with the unprecedented challenge of receiving tenancy during a pandemic and often attending hearings virtually. It was a pleasure to talk to Marcus, Natalie and Arrestus, whose openness and honesty provides a real insight into life in chambers and what a pupillage involves. If you're interested in becoming a barrister and you want to know more about pupillage at Fountain Court, this episode is hopefully one for you. We hope you enjoy it. Today, I'm joined by Fountain Court's newest tenants. Before we begin, it would be great if you could each introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about your background. Marcus, do you want to go first? And then Natalie, then Arrestus? Yeah, certainly. I'm Marcus Field. And so before I came to the bar, I was a solicitor for a few years. I worked with um, one of the Magic Circle firms as a litigator. And then, having done that for a while, decided I wanted to transfer to the bar and uh, and came to Fountain Court. Natalie? Yes. So, I'm Natalie Coe. I'm from Singapore and I came to the UK for university about six years ago now. I did my BA in law, followed by my master's, and then just came straight to the bar. Arrestus? Hi, I'm Arrestus Sherman, and I had a very similar route to Natalie. Um, I did an undergraduate law degree, followed by a master's and then start pupillage straight away. That's great. In today's episode, we will be talking about pupillage and looking in particular at what a typical day as a pupil at Fountain Court Chambers looks like. Can we begin by talking or exploring why each of you chose to apply and to join Fountain Court Chambers? Question one, what made you apply to Fountain Court? So for me, there were largely um, two broad reasons why. And the first is I just found it to be very evident from the outside that Fountain Court members do an unparalleled quality of work and their members take on the most interesting high profile cases and they're really at the forefront of their respective fields. And this is something I've definitely found to be true during the course of my pupillage. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, but I've worked on a number of high value commercial cases and a lot of very high-profile, widely reported professional discipline cases. And the second reason I applied is the human aspect of things. In other words, the people at Fountain Court. And I found that everyone has just been so relentlessly nice to me. I know it's often said about many places, but I can assure you it's 100% true at Fountain Court. I've always felt extremely welcome, extremely supported by Chambers as a whole, even as a mini-pupil. I'm pleased to hear that. And your experience definitely matches my experience of Chambers as well. Orestes, uh, what, what was your journey to Fountain Court? Uh, well, I was 
very similar to Natalie. And the other thing I would, on, on the human aspect, what really convinced me was the mini pupillage here where you really get a sense. And I don't think you have to spend very long in the building to see how friendly everyone is. And the nice thing about it, I find, is that the atmosphere comes from absolutely everyone, regardless of seniority. There's no one who doesn't go out of their way to ask you how you're doing, how you're getting along, and to offer you help and guidance, whether you're working for them or not. And I think the fact that it, that sort of comes at every level is, was something that was very appealing and certainly something I found to be true being here. In terms of the work, it's exactly as Natalie said. It's, it's fascinating on a daily basis. And there's such a big variety of it in so many different areas that you're never really bored with the work that you get set. You both mentioned that you came to Fountain Court after studying law. Some of our listeners might still be in the process of, of studying law. And could you explain at what point while studying you began to be interested in commercial law or the bar more generally? And what was it that led you to connect your study of law to practice at the commercial bar? Well, for me, it was really when I started mooting in second year and I did the Jessup moot. And I found that I really enjoyed the advocacy part of it. And that naturally led me to reading up more about the bar, attending many pupillages. And I just found that I really enjoyed it. Anything to add, Arrestus? For me, it was slightly more of a correspondence between the subjects I enjoyed most at university and the nature of the work at Fountain, enjoying subjects such as contract, trusts and commercial law. I wanted to be doing that really as, as sort of a substance on a, on a daily basis. So I think that was, that was more the factor for me. One of the ways that prospective applicants can get an insight into Chambers is by doing a mini pupillage with us. Marcus, did you do a mini pupillage with Fountain Court before making your application? Yes, I did. In fact, as I think is, is now always the case, it's part of the assessment process when considering pupillage applications. So I did one as part of my, um, shortly before, in fact, putting in my, my pupillage application to Chambers. And it was actually an incredibly helpful experience because whilst I had worked with a lot of leading commercial chambers, including with Fountain Court as a solicitor, obviously you see chambers even as a solicitor from the outside. And it was incredibly helpful to be able to uh, actually come into chambers to work alongside some really very impressive barristers. I got to go along to, to court on one of the days that I was here uh, and see a, a small trial, which was a fantastic experience and also to get to to try my hand at a bit of the kind of work that I would do as a pupil and it just gave me a you know a vastly better experience and understanding of of what pupillage would involve that's great and, and now that you're each approaching the end of your first year in chambers how has your experience so far compared to your expectations of what chambers would be like I suppose none of us expected to be doing pupillage during a year when, uh, you know, a global pandemic hit. So inevitably, some aspects of the, the last year have been extremely surprising. That said, Chambers has been incredibly supportive through the lockdown and that kind of thing, when suddenly we found ourselves, as, as everyone else no doubt has, working from home and doing pupillage in a very different way from how it would perhaps normally run. So certainly that was uh, that was one of the surprises, although hopefully uh, hopefully future generations of, of peoples will not be going through anything quite so unexpected. Perhaps more in a more banal way, I suppose one of the big surprises is just quite how laid back chambers can be in a sense. 
coming from a law firm, which obviously tend to be quite large organisations with their own procedures and hierarchies and structures and, and so on. Coming into Chambers was a very, very different experience for me to be in an um, environment where every member controls his or her own practice, can choose their own working hours, you know, can decorate their room in whichever way they want. And everyone has, has an unparalleled level of control over their own working life in a way that you just don't as an employed solicitor. And that, that was, uh, obviously, I had had high expectations about coming to Chambers, but that was one of the real surprises about quite how it, how it felt. Hopefully, we'll have some time at the end of this episode to explore um, a bit more how each of you is finding the transition to tenancy and enjoying the freedom that that brings, no longer being pupils. Moving on now to, to talk a bit more about your experiences as pupils with Fountain Court. Natalie, perhaps you could begin by giving us a bit of an overview of what a typical day in the life of a pupil entails. Well, that, that's quite a difficult question, simply because no two days are quite the same as a pupil. Uh, one of the key benefits and one of the things that I really enjoyed throughout my pupillage is that you get brought on to the most challenging and contentious matters that you know, people need your help with. And this is across a whole range of practice areas. So you could be working on a commercial matter or banking matter one day and then moving on to a professional discipline matter the next. So in terms of the range of knowledge that you're exposed to, that, that differs quite a lot. But generally, a typical day involves doing a lot of research work in our lovely library, drafting various pieces of advice or submissions, and sometimes, when you're lucky, you get to attend court and to sort of appreciate the advocacy that's done there. So that that's generally what a typical day looks like. There's also a weekly members' tea, or I should say there was also a weekly members' tea, where you get to meet everyone from Chambers and they'll stop to have a chat with you. Although that's been put on hold for obvious reasons. Hopefully that will return sometime shortly. Yes, but that was always a feature of my week during pupillage. Good. You mentioned you've you've worked in many interesting matters, but could you give our listeners a, a particular highlight? Has there been a particularly interesting case that you've really enjoyed your involvement in? Yes, so I worked with Ben Lynch QC on the recent FCA business interruption insurance case. And this was essentially a test case brought by the FCA against insurers, deciding if insurers were liable to pay policyholders for losses caused by COVID and the subsequent business interruption. So very topical, highly relevant, very exciting stuff that I had the privilege of being brought on to. The High Court trial just took place in August and judgment has just been given. So it's a great example of the kind of live work that you do during pupillage that's incredibly exciting. I don't think it gets much more topical than that. That sounds very exciting. Arrestus, have you got anything to add about your experiences uh, as a pupil? What about a particular highlight? So one highlight of mine, I guess, from a different area to, to that which Natalie covered, was actually my, my very first day in the two weeks thereafter. I accompanied my supervisor, Rupert Allen, to the disciplinary tribunal for the hearing of the SRA against Beckwith, which was the first hearing of that kind brought before the solicitor's disciplinary tribunal involving sexual conduct between a city solicitor and a junior colleague. So the first two weeks of my pupillage were taken up helping 
helping every day with what was going on at the tribunal. And we won that case. And then I was able to stay involved um, with the subsequent appeal that was made by the respondents. I helped then draft the skeleton for that and the appeals now coming up, which also demonstrates, I suppose, the flexibility of the process here, which is that if there's certain work that you want and you that you want to see and get experience of, that can generally be accommodated. But that was a great eye-opener. It was very high-profile at the time and continues to be in being the first case of that kind. Sounds really exciting and quite a different world to the world of insurance that Natalie's been busy in. Marcus, has there been a particular highlight of your year of pupillage? Yes, I was incredibly lucky, actually. Just a couple of months into my pupillage, my supervisor at the time, Simon Attrell, was being led by Bank Thank you QC, who's the head of Chambers, in an appeal to the Supreme Court, Ukraine and Lord Adventure, which was a fantastic case to work on. I was lucky enough to be involved more or less from the beginning of my pupillage in helping to prepare some of the submissions for that appeal. And then I, I saw uh, the three days in the in the Supreme Court, and it was it was quite an amazing experience. Obviously, just being able to be part of a um, Supreme Court appeal is is good enough. But being able to hear um, the head of chambers using submissions that I'd been contributing to was was absolutely fantastic and a really inspiring thing to be able to do as a pupil. Sounds incredibly rewarding. It's not often that we get to go to the Supreme Court, so to be there within your first month in chambers is. Very exciting. Are you able to summarise very briefly what some of the legal issues in that case were that interested the Supreme Court? Yes, I can certainly have a go. There was quite a number of issues uh, that had arisen, but I suppose the ones that I was focusing on in particular were uh, were issues of duress and capacity. So Ukraine had issued a, a set of bonds which had been purchased by Russia shortly before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And Ukraine had, had subsequently had not repaid the principal amounts under those bonds. And there were a number of arguments advanced by Ukraine as to why the bonds themselves were not enforceable. And those included arguments about duress, i.e. that the bond issue had been conducted under the threat of invasion and, and certain other threats and also issues about the way in which the bonds had been issued, whether they had been issued by the correct ministers and and by the correct procedure under Ukrainian law, and whether they had been entered into by people having capacity to do so. So there there was actually quite a wide range of of issues involving Ukrainian law, uh, English law issues, and some elements of international law as well, uh, which made it a a very interesting thing to research and, and to contribute to. It sounds really fascinating, and I'm looking forward to the Supreme Court's judgment. I'm sure you'll all agree that your pupillages have really flown by, and you're probably not able to believe that it was this time last year that you were arriving in chambers. Looking back for a moment, is there any advice that you would have given yourself now on your first day of pupillage? Well, I suppose a piece of advice that I would have appreciated is to really try as far as possible, putting aside the fact that it is an assessment, to to have as much fun with it as you can. As I've said multiple times, it really is just a series of intellectual challenges, intellectual puzzles for you to solve. And it is meant to be fun and fulfilling if you let it. So that would be my piece of advice, to try to make the most of it and 
have fun and take it as an opportunity to learn from really incredible barristers. Sounds good advice to me. It is a very good opportunity. I, I totally agree. Arrestus, anything to add? Well, sort of on the same point, I suppose, but perhaps not to stress so much about how you might fit in and about the quality of every single piece of work you do. I think people are very grateful for the help that you're able to provide. And as Natalie said, actually providing that help and engaging in these challenges is very rewarding in and of itself. And Chambers goes to great effort, I think, in the way that pupil are just structured and managed to alleviate as much stress as possible throughout the process. So I think some advice would be to alleviate as much of that stress as you can yourself by just trying to enjoy it and treating it as a rewarding challenge, as Natalie said. I think perhaps a point to emphasise here as well is that I've certainly found pupillage at Fountain Court to be as humane as possible. And what I mean by that is that I've never felt that I was in competition with my co-pupils. In fact, I think that, well, I hope they agree that we all get along rather well. And so that is an important element of pupillage, that it's very amicable and you're able to rely on your co-pupils and not see them as necessarily competition in any sense. So that's a key feature of pupillage at Fountain Court that I particularly appreciated. Yeah, and, and that sort of just flows naturally from the fact that you only ever work on live work, which means that only one of you can be needed to do any one task at any one time. So when it does get to the point of the year when you all start doing assessments, you're never working on the same piece of work and you're never working for the same people. So in that setting, it's very hard to start comparing yourself to anyone else. And in fact, you end up asking for help and advice on in circumstances where one of your co-pupils has done something analogous before. I definitely agree with that. I think um, inevitably one of the one of the best sources of of help and um, advice and indeed reassurance is is probably going to be your fellow pupils who are obviously going through the same things, have possibly made the same mistakes and are able to tell you that it, it really wasn't quite so bad as you thought it was or or indeed to show you the right direction. So certainly I, I, I'd recommend getting on with your fellow pupils if you can. It certainly seems to have, have worked for us. I totally agree that one of the really nice things of doing pupillage at Fountain Court is that its pupils are never in competition with one another and the hope is that all of the pupils will be kept on. How is it then that Chambers does assess the pupils and, and is there a feedback process? And if so, how did you find that process? Well, it, it's perhaps easiest to see the year as being divided into your four seats. Um, so for your first seat, you're sat with your first supervisor who you'll return to for your last seat. And for those first three months, you're largely unassessed. You're only working for that supervisor. And the effect of that is that you can build a really good rapport with them and they can give you plenty of feedback on lots of different areas of their own practice. And they can really manage what it is that you see and do for those three months to make sure that you're getting a broad exposure to different sorts of work. And then as you move into your second seat, with your new supervisor, you're primarily doing assessed pieces of work for other members of chambers and you continue doing that into your third seat and so you accumulate these various assessments. I say they're assessments, they're effectively just helping out another member of chambers in whatever way they need. That's not um, as formal as an assessment might make it sound. And as and when you do pieces of work, you then receive feedback on that work. You might be required to explain it to whoever you did the work for and 
feedback from all of those assessments is compiled and reviewed by the pupillage committee, who you have reviews with at the end of every seat. And a decision is made based on the sum total of those assessments uh, and the reports of your three supervisors. I think almost, the, the decision coincides with the end of your third seat, at which point you then return to your initial supervisor and work largely for them. And I found that to be a really great opportunity to actually fill in any gaps that I might have had left at the end of the year, certain sorts of pleadings or certain areas that you wanted to, to have some exposure to before commencing tenancy. And then gradually, as September approaches, you start transitioning towards your own practice. I think what is really nice about pupillage at Fountain Court is the emphasis on you being involved as as many interesting and live pieces of work as possible. And I remember that as being hugely exciting because you get exposure to such a range of practice areas and different ways of working and seeing different people's work. So it's, it's a very valuable learning opportunity. The other thing I would say just on the live work is actually that it makes the assessment process quite cooperative because it means that whilst you're being assessed and you're also trying to improve yourself, you're helping someone else. And so the better help that you can provide them, the better it is for them. And so there's often a dialogue with whoever you're working for and you're encouraged to ask questions because ultimately if you ask those questions and resolve any doubts or confusions that you might have, it will ultimately be more helpful for them. And I think that's another aspect of doing these assessments for everyone else that's quite good. I suppose another thing to emphasise in relation to the assessment process is that you know, within reasonable bounds, it's all right to make mistakes. No one's going to you know, hold it against you till the you know, end of time. What has always been told to me is that it's about learning from those mistakes and improving. And they really look at the trajectory of how you grow throughout the year. I think that's a good point to emphasise that pupillage is, is a learning experience. And it's great to just be in a position to get feedback and help from such good and experienced barristers. Marcus, have you yet given us your advice that you would be giving yourself this time last year? I really would have to agree with uh, Natalie and Arrestus that it's about um, the secret of it is really to try and relax, I think. And obviously people tend to be nervous about the the challenges of, uh, of pupillage, but it really is an amazing opportunity to see and get involved in some of the best work available at the commercial bar. And if you try not to panic too much about everything that you're doing and just uh, enjoy the experience as much as possible, then you'll hopefully get as much out of it as you can and, and, and also learn as much as you can along the way. This is a very exciting time for each of you because this time next week you will be new tenants in chambers, working in your own rooms and uh, with your own practices might be nice to, to just finish off by talking about how you're finding the transition from pupillage to tenancy and what your experiences have been so far. Have any of you had any hearings of your own yet? So yes, I've done a few hearings in the county court and that was extremely exciting. I think one of the best moments post-tenancy decision is seeing instructions to council and knowing that you are the council referred to therein. That was very exciting for me. I've also done a few privilege and disclosure reviews for clients in the BVI, China, as well as in the UK. So there's certainly a fair amount of work that I've been able to take on for myself, even before becoming a tenant. And the nice thing about doing that work while you still 
have the benefit of, of your supervisor is that you can ask questions. I think we've all had some county court hearings now, and at the end of every one that I've done, at least, I've always had questions to ask Rupert on you know, what, what was a slightly better way of doing this or discussing how to handle something that the judge threw at me slightly better for the next time. And so I think having that system whilst you're just starting is, is very beneficial, I find. Some of your hearings, I imagine, have been remote hearings. And how have you found that set up? It's quite an interesting experience. And obviously, there's a certain amount when you're doing your first ever hearings. And my first ever hearing was a telephone hearing. There's a certain amount of nervousness, of course, when you're when you're appearing for the first time as an advocate on your own. And actually, the fact that it was a remote hearing in some ways made it a little bit easier because it was a bit more like an ordinary phone call. There's slightly less of the apprehension brought on by turning up to a court building on your own, perhaps for the first time, and having to start that way. So it, to a certain extent, it made it, it, it easier by normalising the experience. At the, at the same time, of course, you have to deal with a number of technical issues sometimes, which perhaps you wouldn't experience if you were in the county court in person. So courts, as many other institutions, have experienced technical problems sometimes. And so there are some additional challenges that you that you might not have uh, if you were there in person. So it's definitely been a very interesting experience. And our introduction to doing hearings on our own has perhaps been a little bit different from previous generations of new tenants. I'm sure those uh, in-person hearings will come back uh, in reasonable numbers eventually, although it does seem that remote hearings are, uh, there are going to be more of them in future. And so it's quite, it's quite good, actually, to have some experience of them relatively early on in, uh, in practice. The other thing I would say that's highlighted for me is, which I naturally touched upon with the library, but is the resources that we have in chambers. So, for example, I had a Skype hearing, which I was able to do in the quasi-virtual court that we have set up in chambers and doing these hearings from the comfort of the conference rooms in chambers really highlights how fortunate we are to have the resources that we do in chambers that make your practice as easy as possible to manage. Definitely the last thing you want just before your hearing is beginning is to have an IT issue. Thank you so much for your time today. Our final question that we ask each of our guests on the podcast is if you hadn't chosen to work in the legal profession what career would you have pursued? I would have been a journalist. In any particular field? Probably covering conflicts and frontline work, yeah. So not too different from the bar. My answer is probably slightly more mundane, I guess. The the only other thing I ever considered was potentially being an academic, but I was quite set on coming to the bar, and I'm very glad that I did now that I'm here. I think what is really nice about being a barrister is that you you are given the opportunity to indulge in some of these really interesting legal questions. Uh, And so it is a nice balance between practice and being able to pursue academic interests in the law. I think that's certainly true of here more so than anywhere else, the nature of the problems and the cases that come through the door. I'm not sure you could ask for more interesting work. Yes. Marcus, what would you have been if not a lawyer? Well, I've I've had an opportunity to to be a lawyer twice over now, uh, having been a solicitor first and, and then a barrister. So, so it's been quite a while since I've had to think about other uh, career options. But Natalie and Arrestus both tease me about my um, devotion to tea, and I can definitely imagine a, a, a pleasant alternative career, trying to introduce more people to really nice green teas. So maybe if the if the bar doesn't work out, that will be the fallback option. 
Maybe when our chamber's teas resume, you can be in charge of ordering the tea selection. <laughs> Great. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. But thank you so much for all of your time. It's been very interesting to hear about all of your journeys and experiences of pupillage. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our episode on a day in the life of a Fountain Court pupil. I very much enjoyed hosting the episode and was interested to hear about our newest tenants' experiences. I have to say I agree with all the great things they said about Fountain Court and especially their enjoyment of the Chamber's teas. While we've carried these on virtually during lockdown, I do hope it won't be too long before we can all get together once again. Thank you for listening and do keep an eye out for our future episodes.